This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Scott Jason with Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW's TV show, The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man across the studio for me is Scott Jason of Fog.net. Scott, it's not sub-zero out. We have resumed programming. Yes, yes, and hey, on the opposite of end of that, I, I think it's going to be 50s, 60s maybe later this week, so if we can miss when it's sub-zero, maybe we can miss if the maybe weather's nice, Adam. too weather segment to the show that'd be awesome you want to start doing that i think you could be a weatherman we got him right over here you can interact with us on social media at facebook.com slash the drive show on twitter at the drive 13 and of course answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our twitter page and remember if you ever miss an episode of the drive you can listen to an audio only version that will appear each monday morning in the form of a podcast at both gopowercat.com and fog Net. And we start things off with our two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, Kansas is 5-0 and since our last episode, including a pair of ranked wins. What's changed for the Jayhawks during this stretch? Well, fits part of it, and we were just talking about this before uh, we went on air here, is that the Jayhawks have played some uh, easier teams to, to beat, I guess you could say, nicely. Iowa State and Kansas State, two of the bottom teams in the Big 12, so those are going to be wins, but look, Kansas handled Oklahoma State, a ranked Oklahoma State team, and Kansas quite frankly dominated Texas Tech for probably 35 minutes of this game. Texas Tech never had the ball with the margin closer than six points at any point in the second half. Kansas led wire to wire. It ended up getting as close as three, but then Kansas answered with a three-point basket on the other end that sealed the game. Again, Kansas led wire to wire in this one. The final margin got close. Jayhawks weren't able to pull away. They didn't shoot it great, but Kansas really looked impressive. Two reasons. One, the play of David McCormick. He absolutely dominated in this game. You see him there. He made his first seven field goals, the record at Kansas, 10 for 10. LeGerald Vick a few years ago came close nine for nine. For a while, it looked like he was getting everything he wanted. Again, another impressive dunk there. The two shots he missed late in the game, he finished seven for 10, so he missed three. But the last two were probably his easiest shots of the day, funny enough. But he's played a lot better. He's been the team's best player, most consistent player, had the most big performances over the last couple months. And that's, you know, coincided with a losing streak. I know some fans have been a little bit nervous about playing through him and what does that do to the ceiling of the team. But as we've talked about on the show, the reason the Jayhawks have been losing has not been a David McCormick problem as of late. It's been an everyone else problem, and particularly that guy who just knocked down the mid-range jumper in Jalen Wilson. Jalen Wilson had struggled playing alongside David McCormick. Some fans wanted KU to just go five guards, but Bill Self was never going to take McCormick off the floor when he was playing that well. The answer always was finding a way to get Jalen Wilson back to playing like he was at the beginning of the year. Fitz, he started to do that. His activity level has been great. He's getting rebounds, both offensive and defensive end, and he's trying on defense, something that wasn't there a few weeks ago. 
Jalen Wilson has taken the next step for this for this team, Fitz, and I think that's really helping KU. It's really, I, I, you know, people were down on KU, but let's be honest here. They caught two games with Iowa State and Kansas State and really kind of hit the reset button mm-hmm. with some comfortable wins. I think it really helped out Bill's self-esteem. Yeah, and he said, he even said after the last one against Texas Tech that it's the best he's felt about the team all year. I think that's pretty big praise. Well, Fitz, K-State won Saturday at TCU. That's right. The Wildcats picked up their second Big 12 victory of the season by beating the TCU Horned Frogs 62-54. to How'd the Wildcats get it done? Well, they finally had a decisive stretch when they needed it. You know, this team has really struggled to, you know, kind of get over the hump. And they did it in this game. They hung around with TCU throughout the contest. Uh, but then in the final five minutes, K-State played maybe its best defense of the year, held the Horn Frogs without a field goal. And uh, were, they were able to rally from, five, I think, five down and really surge at the end with some great play. Uh, basically, Mike McGurl and Sultan Miguel, a senior and a freshman, took over this game on both ends of the floor. Both of them had four rebounds apiece in the last five minutes of the game. Miguel scored seven of his nine points in the last five minutes of the game, including a three-pointer, which, if you've been following along, has not been his forte this season. Uh, And Mike McGurl almost refused to let his team lose as the lone senior on the roster really rose up and played some pretty good basketball down the stretch. Uh, You know, you were beginning to get afraid that this team uh, wouldn't get over the hump just because it was almost like it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. They felt like they couldn't win and they just didn't win. But they finally did it. They finally executed. And really, I I see some encouraging signs. Uh, Look, you're not talking about a great breakthrough when a team is now, what, two and whatever in the conference. Uh, it's, It's a dreadful season for the Wildcats, but they have made some progress. The younger guys have started to find their roles. Guys like Antonio Gordon, Dejuan Gordon, uh, are settling into doing things the way they need to do it. And, of course, Nigel Pack has been pretty darn good, too, for the Wildcats. But, Mike McGurl, shout out to you. Uh, just a really, really big win. Uh, and he has tried to lead this team and carry this team at times. And he's just not co- equipped to do all the things he's been attempting to do. But he was really good down the stretch into this game with 16 points, 9 rebounds, 5 assists. Still had too many turnovers. Uh, but that's just kind of been the way the season goes. K-State won. That's right. They're they're not going to go with the longest losing streak in school history. They set the single-season losing streak Mm. at 13, uh, but there was a 14-game losing streak previously spread over two seasons, and they ended their streak at 13. Senior day with Oklahoma's Tuesday. Yeah. Fitz, you know a sign that things are going well when you throw a lob like they did in that game. I think we showed the video, and not one but two different players could actually catch it inside and score. It's just a matter of which one of the open guys is going to yeah. get the layup for you, K-State. You didn't run the right play and still get points, so that's kind of worked out for K-State. Well, Scott, everyone agrees Baylor is the best team in the Big 12. Well, we didn't actually ask everyone. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's someone that doesn't. Mm-hmm. But who do you think is the second best team this year? Well, Fitz, it's interesting because, you know, until recently, we've asked this question before, I would have said Texas uh, as the answer just because uh, they had so much experience returning. They add in a five-star freshman. They're playing so well. Uh, and then you go to this game that they just played against West Virginia. It's almost been uh, kind of like a microcosm of their season. They get up, I think, 19 points on that uh, three-point shot there. There's fighting on the bench. There's a little unrest. Now, all of a sudden, West Virginia is coming back, and West Virginia is the team kind of stealing away a win at the end. There was a little bit of a questionable call, questionable officiating down the stretch. But, you know, at the same time, you, you can't really cry officials and, and cry about the refs when, uh, you know, you blow a 19-point lead. 
For Texas, I think it's really interesting because this team returned a bunch of talent and has a bunch of talent, has a bunch of good players, and yet Shaka Smart, again, you see him kind of underperforming with a team that should easily be a top five, top ten squad, and now, uh, you know, is in danger of dropping and dropping and dropping. I think it's really interesting that if you look at blind resumes, you could make the argument that Kansas should be ranked higher than Texas. And again, this is a Texas team uh, that many people felt was a top ten, top five caliber of team. Now, West Virginia is really interesting to me after losing Oscar Shibwe. They've played four around one. They've really spread it out with shooters around Derek Culver. That's made him a Big 12 Player of the Year candidate. He's not going to win it. That's going to Jared Butler. But it's made him a very good player. It's made him a first-team All-Big 12 guy. And it's made West Virginia so much better. I think Texas Tech is talented. I think Kansas is in the conversation. I don't really buy Oklahoma. West Virginia fits is probably my pick, but I don't think Kansas is that far back of them. I don't know what to make of Texas right now because it seems like Texas has problems and it seems like they may not be on the court problems. Keep in mind that Texas got up 17 on K-State and almost blew that. A better team would have won it and that's exactly what happened with West Virginia. I would have to say based on the last two weeks, Kansas is probably the second best team, but uh, I'll be blunt here. I think Baylor is so far ahead of everyone else, they don't even have to play the games, which weirdly enough, they're not doing that. They're not playing at all right now. It's weird. They've only had nine conference nine. games. Kansas has played 37. <laughs> 16, 16 the actual number. Think about that for a second. It was off. Six, 16 to nine. That's nearly twice as many conference That's games. crazy. Now a quick look at your poll question results. And poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. Well, a question from the last episode was if, at the time, number 23, Kansas, that'll change, and number 18, Missouri, played tomorrow at T-Mobile Center, who would win? We see the answers. A, Kansas, 73% of people. B, Missouri, 27% of people. We don't, we don't have enough viewers that are Missouri fans. Or maybe <laughs> we do. Here's this week's question. After Baylor, who is the second best team in the Big 12? We just asked Scott, what's your answer? Here are the answers available to you. A, Oklahoma. B, West Virginia. C, Kansas. D, Texas. We have put their conference records in parentheses to make it nice and easy. Vote on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Well, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KU and K-State on The Drive. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Welcome back to The Drive as we continue our weekly two-minute drill. The two-minute drill is sponsored by Vanderbilt's Your Work Boot Center. Well, Scott, Bryce Thompson made his return to action for KU last week. I noticed him playing uh, with a glove on his hand after breaking his finger. How has he looked in the four game four games he has played? Well, Fitz, it's interesting. It's not just any glove. It's a baseball glove, not a mitt, but a glove with the fingers <laughs> cut out. Catch it's funny, that. when he first said he was playing with a baseball glove, I was like, that's weird. He's not playing with a basketball glove. And then I remembered, wait, there's no such thing as a basketball <laughs> glove. So th- think about this. This kid can't feel the ball when it rests on his palm. He said it's only in the fingers. The fingers have been cut out. Um, and, and that, I guess, stabilizes the hand he broke his index finger on. That's his shooting hand, by the way. Uh, But yet, he's actually played really, really well. And you go back to his debut, which came against Iowa State, and he played big minutes. The Jayhawks shortened their rotation right away. And man, did the five-star freshman play like a five-star freshman. He only had eight points. I think he had three rebounds. But a number of highlight plays, including a huge block, where afterwards he had some words uh, for the Iowa State player then said after the game that he thought he might be getting a technical foul on that one. Uh, He didn't, but you could tell passionate. He's only played one game since Christmas. He cracked a vertebrae in his back, missed some time, and then broke his finger. So this is just a guy who was excited to get back on the court. Fitz, he changes a a lot with KU. I think he's played well. He's not shooting it well. Again, he's wearing a glove. You can kind of understand that. Uh, But this is a guy who can make a real difference for Kansas. He is heralded for his shooting. It's what he was known for in high school. That part of his game hasn't come yet. It probably will, maybe in future years. But think about what he's already done defensively. He has earned the trust of Bill Self to guard one-on-one when they go triangle and two. He has earned the trust to be on the court late in games. He was against Oklahoma State. He was early in the season against Creighton. He started a game uh, very early in the year. He is a good facilitator. Bill Self wants him to be the backup point guard. KU has Dewan Harris to fill that role, and he'll continue to get some minutes. But it's clear that Bryce Thompson is ahead of Harris on the pecking order, at least before this last game. Bryce Thompson had been the guy taking a lot of Harris's minutes. Now the two of them have kind of played together, giving KU those two ball handlers on the court together that they like at the same time. The biggest sign of things going fits a positive direction for Bryce Thompson. Didn't shoot it that well, did make a three, had a hanging layup, and still plays a ton of minutes. Bill Self is going to play a guy who's not shooting well, who's not scoring, who's a freshman, that tells you he's doing everything else. And I think that's very important for Thompson. And with a glove. (laughs) With the glove. Well, style counts. You ever played basketball with a glove? Fist? That's just weird. No, I have not. That I would be very it. strange, particularly on your shooting hand, because you couldn't feel the ball in your palm. Yeah, I might try it sometime. I might. Well, Fitz, many K-State fans won a coaching change, but did the Wildcats' victory over TCU assure that Bruce Weber will return next season? Okay, uh, let's let's address the absurdity of this question that I wrote myself to answer. They have won two games, and does that assure in the conference that Bruce Weber will be back? It's kind of silly, but yeah, I mean, I think it does because it's not just the victory, it's they are showing slow progress. And Gene Taylor, the athletics director of K-State, has been very clear. He does not want to make a change. He, the pandemic's played a role in this. It's a young team that didn't have enough time together before the season started. On and on, uh, we get it. Uh, and we also get Bruce Weber's track record of building with young players, and it takes a process. And then every third or fourth year, they're pretty darn good. Well, I, I, I'd just like to point out that even though they did win on Saturday, uh, that these will be back-to-back the worst seasons in modern the era, modern era of K-State basketball. Back-to-back. Uh, it's just unheard of how 
far they have dropped in the history of K-State basketball. Uh, but he will be back, and the team will be better next year. But the problem is when you've won uh, maybe five games in the conference over a two-year period, which is just horrendous, what is better? If you win five in a season, is that a lot of growth? Well, you're still 5-13, and 13 and that stinks. Heck, it, you know, if you end up with seven wins, you're still below 500. And is that what K-State fans expect? I don't think so. Uh, but Bruce Weber will be back unless, you know, he retires or something unheard of happens. Uh, the real key here for Kansas State basketball is doing what Bruce Weber hasn't been able to do for a great period of time at K-State. Keep his players. He's got a great group of core players. And right now, everyone is jumping into the transfer portal. If this happens with some of those key freshmen or younger players, then you have to really question why would they bring Bruce Weber back when you're banking on the young players as the reason to bring him back. So we'll see, but I think Bruce Weber will be back next season. Uh, and I would hope that K-Staters will set a pretty high bar because I, I think asking to be 500 in a conference is not too much to ask. Yeah, Fitz, one guy who was really impressed with that young core, Nigel Pack. I mean, yeah. just he had a three last game, what, it was 25 foot or something like that. It was, it was very impressive. They got some nice pieces. They really do. They just need a lot more time together. Mm -hmm. And now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Copeland Insurance, Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Fitz, Big 12 officiating has become a big topic of conversation this year. What do you think about the way the referees have performed so far? Oh, boy. Did you know how passionate I am about this topic <laughs> when you put this into the script? I think Big 12 officiating, and there really isn't such thing as Big 12 officials. If you watch enough college basketball, you'll see a guy like Doug Sermons, who I'm about to talk about a whole lot, working all over the country. Same with John Higgins. Officials work all over the place. You do have a core group of mm -hmm. officials that you work in your conference, but they also work maybe Missouri Valley or whatever. I think college officiating is absolutely trash. And here's the reason why I think. Because college officiating doesn't have a core group that oversees it. The officials kind of oversee it. So if, you wanna, if you're a young official that wants to climb the ladder, you have to go to the Doug Sermons camp or the John Higgins camp or whoever else and kiss their, you know what, to climb the ladder. So it becomes very incestuous and all the kind of show-stopping habits of those guys get passed down through generations of, of future officials. Doug Sermons is a horrendous official. He should be good. He knows his fundamentals. He knows how to do it, but it's all about him. And he always wants to make that dramatic uh, call or play. Uh, now, we're looking at Chris Beard here just melting down over, he, he said a player was calling a, for a timeout and yet one of his players was still called for a foul on the play and he earned his technicals. I was proud of him. Uh, but you could do this in almost every game, particularly ones Doug Sermons works. Last time he worked a K-State game, he roared in, overruled a, another official that had the proper call and proper position to make the call wrong. But Doug Sermon's got his time on camera. Scott, I'm just sick of college basketball officiating. They've got to figure this out. They have to bring in more guys. We're going to have to go through a painful process of teaching a bunch of young guys how to be better officials uh, and uh, just kind of go through the process. And also, Scott, they work too many games. Yeah. They'll work four or five games from coast to coast in a week, making lots of money. These guys are really well paid for each game. And, and I, you know what? If, if you travel three or four times a week on a plane, you're not fresh. There's mm -hmm. just no way you can be. Yeah, Fitz, every year officiating is a topic of conversation. It's very hard. I think we acknowledge that it's very hard to do. 
to me, it does feel like this year there's been more and more controversy, whether it's guys getting technical fouls, whether it's foul counts piling up, whether it's games being officiated one way or another. The most frustrating team to watch for me is Texas Tech and has been Texas Tech because if the referees let them get away with the contact that they like to have on each play, really hard to beat. If they call everything, you get a situation like that where Chris Beard is going to melt down because they can't do anything. Uh, The game just needs more consistency. It needs more clear cut uh, kind of of everything. And and you know what? It needs less of the monitors. It, It needs less of, oh, here's an inconsequential call that doesn't necessarily matter in a blowout. Let me go put myself on television and look at it again. I think football could stand to do that, too. Uh, the number of times a two-yard gain that might be a first down on first down in the first half gets looked at. We, we don't need that to be looked at. We can just move on to the next play. I'm with you. I'm with you. Well, now let's hear from the fans. Our fan question this week is, Scott, do you think this KU team has any chance in March? Josh in Topeka with the question. Well, Fitz, it's a really interesting question because I think a lot of KU team, uh, KU fans kind of abandoned this team, uh, which, in fairness, they lost five road games in a row. So there was kind of a reason to, right? They hit a losing skid, uh, unlike you've seen before with Bill Self. But uh, just like that, you know, you win five games in a row, you beat two ranked teams, and you'll get to see that progress. Kansas plays Texas and Baylor. Now, Kansas is in a really unique spot right now because the Jayhawks have probably been as low as a five or a six seed in the NCAA tournament. Right now, they're projected to be a four seed. And if they get a few of these wins down the stretch that they might be in line for, I don't think a three seed is out of the question. The only way to get to a two, in my opinion, would be winning out, which would be beating Baylor twice, winning the Big 12 tournament. Probably not very likely, but... You know, hey, you go one, one and one to close out the year. You go two and one in the Big 12 tournament. You're going to have three more quadrant one wins. All of a sudden, you're a three seed. And quite frankly, I think at that point, you're a three seed that no one wants to face. That's usually how I look at things in the tournament. If you want to know how good a team is, think about the opponent and whether or not they would want to face them. And that usually gives you a pretty good indication of where they are. I don't think many one seeds would want Kansas to be their four seed this year. I think they'd be much happier if the Jayhawks were on the other side of the bracket. That tells me Kansas might be a little bit better than the ranking right now. And I I think outside of a few teams, Gonzaga and Baylor, it's really kind of a muddled mess. Even Mm -hmm. the Big Ten that I think is a better conference this year than the Big 12, maybe more upper shelf teams. They kind of beat each other up so you don't know what you're really going to get. And I guess come March, we'll find out if the committee got the seedings right, because I think March could be very entertaining. Yeah, and for Kansas, being a three or a two this year or a six even could be a whole lot better than being a four or a five. Avoid that one seat as long as possible. I think that's the key. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all wheel drive and three row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back as we head down the home stretch of this week's show. It's now time to take a look at our predictions. Remember to make your predictions on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Here are the previous results. The viewers went one and two. I went 0 and three. Scott went two and one. I have a horrendous season. Let's just move on. Let's start with this week's picks. Kansas State plus 13 and a half at West Virginia. Scott. 
I'll take Kansas State. Let's see if they can get some momentum going. I got the Mountaineers. Next, Baylor minus seven and a half at Kansas. I will take Kansas to keep it close, Fitz. I got the Bears. The Bears. <laughs> Our last game of the week is a pick 'em between Texas and Texas Tech. I have the Longhorns on the road. I'll take Texas Tech. Again, make your picks on our Twitter page at The Drive 13. Now it's time for our On the Clock segment. On the Clock is sponsored by Carpet One, by Local for a Strong Local Community. And we start with Scott Jason. Well, Fitz, very, very limited time here. Yep. So I'll just give a quick, quick shout out to Christian Brown. Didn't have the best shooting day in the last game, but both Texas Tech games made huge hustle plays that essentially won the Jayhawks the game, really in both contests. Two for 10, three-point shooting, hits the dagger three, but a bunch of hustle plays on the glass, really important for KU. K-State has one senior, Mike McGurl, senior nights Tuesday night, and I hope fans turn out for him because Mike has been a warrior all year long. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app.